I honor and respect the, the, the business cycle and the entrepreneurial journey. And so there is a stage for every entrepreneur and for every business where growth just matters a lot. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. I hope you are doing well. So this podcast, we have Jacob on, and he has done 10 plus years in the marketing agency world, and he's added a ton of value to other businesses. And I think you're going to learn a lot from that. But honestly, what I learned the most from was just little tidbits and tactics and strategies about entrepreneurialism and like how to be a better entrepreneur. I know these are things that you can use to implement into your business to help your business grow and help you become a better, more productive entrepreneur. So this is a super value pack episode, guys. I know you're going to enjoy. Let's get into it. All right. So Jake, we mentioned right before we we jumped on the podcast that um, I think is a, a really good direction to take this uh, from the very beginning. We can get back to, I think we can kind of uh, use throughout the podcast to tell a little bit more about your guys' agency and what you guys do to serve the marketplace. But maybe you can give us uh, some insight into why it is that, uh, I mean, the agency world is difficult, but why why are you still trekking forward in the agency world? Why are you still doing what you're doing now? And do you enjoy it? Yeah. Well, it depends on the day. It, it, sometimes yeah. it depends. Sometimes it depends on the moment. And, uh, but I love it. And there, there's a couple of reasons why I'm I'm still in it and enjoy the process. Uh, the first thing is I actually really believe in the gift that marketers have to give the world. And when a marketer really connects with a brand uh, in terms of how it provides value to the world, to their customers, they can see how it's providing value uh, to the people that are working at this company and can, and, and can use their skill set to help them do it in a sustainable way. I feel like marketers have so much influence on how business is done and the direction that business is going. And so anytime that I get to be involved with uh, marketers that want to be a part of that and really connect and grow the brands that they believe in, that's very inspiring to me. And so that's the thing that I love most about the marketing world and working with marketers, uh, both within my agency as well as uh, the, the clients and the marketers that we work with as well. And then uh, the second thing is winning's fun. And winning's only fun when you've experienced what losing is like. And so working with marketers, working with brands where you get to go through some of the challenging moments together is what makes those successes and growth and the wins feel that much greater. And I, lo- I love that part of the journey. And so those are the two things that like keep me in the fight and enjoying it and coming back for some more punishment from time to time. But uh, that's what I love about the industry. Got it. What, do you, what would you say? So uh, just kind of give a, uh, I guess, a little bit of perspective. How long have you been running the agency? Just total years in the game, I guess. Agency, 10 years. Okay. So it's something, so Kristen and I go on retreat basically every quarter to kind of plan for the next one. And it's, uh, it, I would say in the beginning, it was difficult to try to go ahead and do that, but you've created a business that's 
quite, you know, I would say in most people's eyes, very successful, significant. You guys are adding a lot of value to the why. Um, what do you feel like gave you the skills as an entrepreneur to take it from, you know, uh, an early stage or put in that time for the last 10 years to grow to the level that you are now, if they have the aspirations of growing? And it may not be that they're looking to grow an agency. I don't think that's necessarily um, the case for most of the listeners, but I think there's kind of an innate um, skills that entrepreneurs have or are gained over time to get them to kind of the level that you've achieved so far? Well, from my experience, I can kind of look at some of the stages of growth and some of the practical things that needed to take place in order for that growth to happen. Um, when I When I started the agency, a big part of that was just seeing a need in the market. Right. And that's, and that's where a lot of businesses start is you're working somewhere, you're using a product, you're experiencing something in your life that could be done better. And then a product emerges, a service emerges, those types of things. And, uh, and, and what I saw that most businesses lacked and still lack today is quality data to make good marketing decisions. Right. And so 10 years ago, I was, I was a web analytics consultant helping some of the largest brands in the country and world get their house in order from a data collection standpoint, using that data to make great marketing decisions. And then all of a sudden marketing didn't feel quite so complicated. And, um, and what I found is that a lot of small and mid-sized businesses were so far removed from getting to that point that that's where I saw the opportunity. Right. And, uh, to see some really, uh, some of my first clients have really great breakthroughs and case studies about 10 Xing their business. And, just having a lot of success because they were the only one in their space using data to drive their growth yeah. uh, was very, very fun and very interesting. Um, what we ran into is I thought I would be more of, a, of an analytics consulting agency, but most businesses that I worked with said, I don't have the bandwidth or expertise to execute the recommendations that you're giving me from the data. Right? Can you do that for me? Then emerges... The, the marketing agency that is disruptive, right? 10 years later and executing in those functional areas of in Google or now in meta or on in marketplace and Amazon or with email and lifecycle marketing and those types of things. That's kind of it what more came from the need, but all of it still comes back to the core of data. And that was the first stage is like there was just a need in the marketplace and I was excited to see what could happen. Um, the, the second stage was anyone, any entrepreneur, and regardless of the business model that you're in, you have your why for beginning the business, but there comes the time where you either forget that why, it changes, or you've just completely lost it along the way. <laughs> and that's when, regardless of how successful the business is being, it, it loses kind of that richness or that flavor or excitement that that we all once had at different stages of the business as well. And it's kind of like a midlife crisis for a business. And then having to take that step back and say, what is it that I really want out of this? Because it's not quite what I expected it to be. And so we climb that first mountain of let's just do anything and everything to grow this business and get it where it wants to go until that's no longer satisfying. And then we have to step back and say, what do I actually care about? What, I, what, I, what do I really want here? And this is when people either sell, um, it changes directions entirely. There's all sorts of midlife crisis things that go on. The equivalent of a, of a red convertible or a motorcycle. Um, mm. 
uh, in those transitions. And I would say for me, what I realized in that stage is the question that you asked me at the beginning of this is, what, why, why do you do this? Why do you hang out in the agency world and the marketing world still 10 years later? Because I've had the opportunity to sell. I've had the opportunity to get away from it. Um, and I've chosen not to. And because for the first five years, it was all about how much money can I make and how big can I make this thing until that wasn't satisfying. And I found my life not what I expected it to be. I was struggling in my relationship, in my marriage. I had three kids. I was stressed out all the time. I never exercised. I was out of shape, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those things. And that's where I had to decide what really matters to me. And when it, when it came down to it, I want an, an environment where I can realize and live my potential and support others doing the same thing. And I just so happen to do that with marketing services. I think for an e-commerce brand, they happen to do that with a product that helps their customer to realize and live their potential as well in something that they believe in and are inspired by. And so I feel like there's kind of these two stages of why I got into it and why I keep doing what I do that everyone runs into uh, with their business at some point. I guess from that, it'd be, uh, I, I like to go a little bit deeper into the point of what you're making there, which is, I feel like in the very early stages of kind of entrepreneurship, as you mentioned, like there's the stage one, but how does somebody go about finding that, right? Do they go read Simon Sinek's book, uh, you know, and finding that why or that purpose? But um, yeah, how do, what questions did you ask yourself or uh, would be good for somebody to ask themselves to figure out, okay, what is this purpose? Because we do, yeah, a lot of the people who are listening to this right now are selling a product and they're probably wondering how the heck does selling a t-shirt impact the lives and, and serve a mission or how does selling a certain product uh, go back to a why like how do you translate it and, and bring it back to that why like they they can't necessarily bridge that gap which I think is why a lot of people kind of gravitate towards you know practical advice from Simon and then but I'm just here curious so, um, from your perspective like what made you like did what process went did you go through to try to figure out what that why was um, and that it was deep enough or big enough that it would continue that, you know, um, continue to your goal forward or continue to help you proceed to go after this after 10 years, basically. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is it changes. And so if, okay. you know, one of the things I've always struggled with is, well, what if I change my mind? What if what motivates me today is what motivates me tomorrow? And I actually think that's just totally fine. Um, a, a very practical methodology that that I have leveraged and so grateful that I stumbled upon it, um, recommended by a friend, is Attraction, uh, the book Traction and the EOS methodology. You guys are probably familiar with that. Yeah, and, it, and it's 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 the step by step play book of how you develop your why and reverse engineer a business plan around that, um, so that. I would just say that's the most practical way that I've gotten there. And what, when we look at uh, disruptive exists to create an environment that empowers the people and brands that we believe in to realize and live their potential, doesn't even you, you couldn't even infer from that that we're a marketing agency, right? And that's where you start to like, what is it that you really believe in? What do you really want to create? And and for us, practically, what we want to create is. Uh, we want to develop impactful digital marketing leaders. 
like that that change the way business is done. That's what we want to be the best in the world at. And then the agency becomes a a method where we get to practice those things, where we get to develop empower marketers. We get to practice and work with our clients um, and power able to do that. But the EOS framework actually makes it pretty straightforward to just answer these questions, work through this. And it's usually good to go take three, you know, maybe a three-day retreat with your leadership team to, to work through that. Or if you're a solopreneur and earlier in the game, you know, go find some time with yourself to do that. But that's the framework that I, I really appreciate of all that exists out there. It's probably the most simple and straightforward. I guess at that point, it makes me uh, wonder kind of like, what is what is your day-to-day look like now in that space? Like as the um, kind of a more of a leadership role, you're not probably doing the owner-operator stuff. What is your what does your day-to-day look like? Or does it just change every day, but in general, I guess? No, you're right. In terms of, I'm no longer operating the business on the day-to-day level in terms of making sure all the trains leave on time and that all the right things are happening. Um, but uh, some of it will be aligned with that EOS framework. Every quarter, we establish what our priorities are for the quarter. And then I'm involved in that process to make sure that they are aligned with our vision as a company, uh, to make sure that we're aligned. And then there is a plan presented that until I buy off on the plan, I'm involved through to that process. Once I sign off on the plan, then it's let, I just get out of the way and let them execute for the quarter. Yeah. And then I have a CEO and an executive team that run and execute that. I'm just very involved at the quarterly level at this point. And then the rest is actually do what I love doing, which is creating content that inspire, that hopefully inspires marketers to see the greatness and impact within themselves that they can have on the brands that they're working on. And sometimes that's an entrepreneur doing most of the marketing themselves or a marketer that's supporting a brand that they're a part of. And I do that by connecting with cool guys like you, uh, talking to a lot of marketers, uh, different agencies, different brands, those types of things, and, uh, and then creating a lot of content around that as well. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training. Or I had a question about more the entrepreneurs, clients that you work with is it equally important for you and your agency to make sure that these brands and clients that you work with also have a why, right? That they're not just um, out there looking for the money and that, you know, you work with companies that are to some extent, I mean, a little bit more reputable, if you will, right? They're not just looking for the, for that profit. Um, they're looking to do, you know, something greater. Is that something that you've sort of aligned disruptive into you know into that process well it's definitely something that we practice and i would not say we're perfect at it uh, by any stretch of the imagination but i but i will tell you that when it when a it's pretty clear we actually have no we've never had any sort of outbound sales uh, approach at disruptive it's always been uh inbound clients reach out to us and then we explore if it's a good fit or not and um I'm going to answer your question in two ways. Number one, if it is clear that they need a silver bullet to survive, 
or that it's only about making money and they will step over whoever or whatever they need to, to get there. We do not work with those types of businesses. Okay. Now, um, because we, because we have, and it's no fun. And even if we accomplish the goal, it didn't feel worth it uh, in most of those situations. Now there's, there's a, there's a difference. And this is what makes, this is what changes everything in in my mind. I honor and respect the, the, the business cycle and the entrepreneurial journey. And so there is a stage for every entrepreneur and for every business where growth just matters a lot. Making money, growing the revenue, doing that. I actually think that's a very normal and healthy stage for businesses to go through in their cycle. And so I'm not, I'm not looking to judge that, but it's more of kind of the, is this just a stage that we're in and we get to be a part of that? But these really are people that have values that do ultimately guide what they're trying to accomplish then let's go on, let's go on that train together. That'll be a fun ride, you know? Um, and, and so that's where I'm saying there is a balance between those two looking to grow revenue, looking to make more money. I do not judge those things as bad things, but when it's the only thing that matters, that's when I just, we, we choose not to engage in those situations. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. Um, something else, and I don't know, maybe they'd be in the conversation, but life cycle marketing. I don't think I've ever heard that term before. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, you bet. Um, Practically, it mostly involves uh, email and text marketing for people that have already interacted with the brand. Now, it actually does go broader than that, but that's what we refer to our department that looks at that customer journey and makes sure that the right nurture components exist at each of those stages as well. And so when we look at life cycle marketing, that's, that's what I'm referring to, but it is typically post I have my, uh, customer's information. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes yep. sense. Um, SMS email marketing. Got it. I guess, um, it, at this stage, I know we, I don't want to go, um, more on the tactical side, but I, I want to talk more specifically to, uh, the inbound type of leads um, and business that you've gathered. And we can kind of apply this to the direct-to-consumer as well, because I would say, you know, maybe uh, we don't have real specific data on this, but I would say, you know, a good chunk of businesses sh- uh, struggle to get to that even 20 to 50 to 100K months. Um, that's kind of like the hardest level to get to for most businesses. And then they have some leverage employees and, and they can grow. But having the ability to gain attraction and get people to come to them to buy is uh, is an unfair advantage in the marketplace. And so I don't know if there's any, again, overall strategies or things that you guys had done to attract the right customers for you where everything is type of inbound. But I'm just thinking for a, a somebody who's starting a clothing brand or somebody who's starting that direct-to-consumer what would you say is the best piece of advice for them if they have little to no money in advertising um, to gain attraction, to get people to say, I am interested in this product? And we assume, I guess, at this point that everybody has a great product. They just need help with the marketing. But what would you say are, are some strategies or maybe some a top level overview of things to put in place to make sure that people are finding them online? You know, I my mind went to two things. There are going to be just foundational marketing things that if you don't, if you don't have them in place, 
even if people are trying to find you, it might be difficult for them to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that there's just some some great practical and tactical things from a marketing standpoint that I think we can jump into that briefly. Um, I think if we address the principle first, you can do a lot of things wrong, but if you have a great product, it will solve most of those things for you. And so that's the first thing that I always look for. If it's a brand that I actually believe is going to go somewhere and marketing is actually going to work. And, um, and, and so you can't put the cart before the horse, so to speak. The reason why small businesses are so valuable to our general economy is they fill gaps that larger businesses cannot pivot quickly enough to fill those. They, that's why small businesses exist, right? Otherwise, there's no reason for them to exist. So I can address a need that customers have that larger brands simply cannot pivot fast enough to fill that need for them. And so that what's funny is that a lot of these smaller businesses actually start to worry about how scale, efficiencies, marketing dollars, all of those types of things. All, all you're doing is putting yourself in a situation where you're now competing with larger budgets, larger brands, things where you're going to get drowned out yeah. in, in the meantime. And so it's like, it just, it just doesn't work very well. What I think every brand needs to stay focused on is the quality of the product that they're delivering to their customer and meeting a need that no one else is meeting quite the same way. And the more we focus on quality, the more you actually start to build a brand, a loyal brand following, right? And you might do that on Instagram or you might do that on wherever that is, but people that are just like, whoa, I love this product and I cannot get it anywhere else. That is the foundation for where marketing is actually going to work. Mm. If we don't, if we don't have that in place, now we're going to compete with an average product against one of a million other options. And people scratch their heads and say, well, why didn't that work? Well, that's why you're just, you're just in the vast ocean of similar types of products out there. And so I think that's the place to start. Do I have the quality and have I addressed a need that I'm truly kind of approaching from a different angle than anyone else? Then you actually come back to the marketing and now you know exactly what to highlight. Now we know what our customers are saying when they love the product that we can highlight in an ad that addresses that, that persona pain point. Now we know where that audience tends to be because we can actually start to see some of the, some of the demo data, demographic data that comes in from, from the little following that maybe we do have or that we're starting with as well. But, but then just the basic things like making sure, so let's make sure we've got a great product and that's what I'm spending 80% of my time, energy and focus on is, is this truly delighting my customers and serving a need that they have? Mm-hmm. And then the other 20% of the marketing outside of that, make sure you've got a good Google, my business profile, make sure that your website, uh, at least doesn't make it hard for them to know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like just some of these basic things that we can do um, to make sure that if someone looks for your brand, it's easy to find you. If they go to your website, it's easy to see what it is you offer and why that's of value to them. And you get those two things nailed down and focusing on quality the whole time, you're going to be at a good spot. Awesome. Marketing doesn't solve a quality issue. Or if it, even if it does, it's temporary and it doesn't work long-term. Yeah, that is, I can definitely echo that. That'll be, that'll be a, a spot there, right? And marketing, yeah, I was going to say, marketing only magnifies what's already working. So if it's not working, yes. it doesn't matter. Uh, 
We only have a couple minutes left, but I did want to like throw it to you and, and make sure that we did put it on here if, if there is anything that we necessarily missed or that you want to share, uh, because I think we could talk for probably hours of the, the 10 years of wisdom that you have um, from, from growing a business and building something. But is there anything that you would like to share uh, for the entrepreneur who's on the other side of this, uh, who's trying to grow their business that we haven't hit on that would add some value to them? Well, what comes up for me when you ask that question is I think there are three principles that lead to living an incredibly rich and fulfilling life. And those principles are awareness, honesty, and responsibility. And I actually believe that everyone intuitively knows what is best for them and their brand. And it's more about trusting themselves than it is anything else. And so when when I speak to awareness... If you notice that there is resistance or blockage or frustration that's continually coming up in the same area, I would actually challenge and encourage myself and all of us to actually take a moment to be present with what's going on there. Feel the feel, be aware of what's actually going on, and then be honest with what that actually represents. Most of the time, we're simply not honest with ourselves about it's clear we're moving in the wrong direction here, but because of X, Y, and Z fears, I'm not willing to acknowledge that with myself, with my customers, or with my partners, or whatever that might be. And so when we're aware of what we're experiencing, we're honest to ourselves and others about what we're experiencing. That's actually what empowers us to move into more of a response-able approach. I'm able to choose my response here. I'm aware of what's going on. I'm being honest with myself and others about it. And now... I can choose what I do from here because I've taken responsibility for getting myself here. I can now take responsibility for getting myself out of here as well. And that's the process, awareness, honesty, and responsibility. And then just enjoy the journey of like iterating through that. There is no perfect stage. Every different stage of a business has its different challenges and and rewarding uh, experiences. And so I would say those are the three principles and then just love the adventure of wherever you're at, I, I would I would argue that a, a five-year-older version of yourself would look back and say, oh, I actually wish I would have just soaked that in a little bit more. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Jake, yep, thank you so it. much for this. We really appreciate the the context and uh, we'll have to have you on again if you're, if you're willing and able. Yeah, you bet, guys. It's nice to spend some time with you and explore this together. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.